Kid Nikki, Radical Ninja. Data East brings you arcade realism at home. to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And today we are talking about Kid Nicky the Radical Ninja. A huge emphasis on rad there. Uh, they really Radical. play that. But no, but rad specifically because they, they play up like these yes. 80s buzzwords <laughs> throughout the entirety of the game. And so I just wanted everyone to know right away that even though it takes place in feudal Japan, uh, <laughs> this is definitely one for, like, yeah. Saved by the Bell almost with the way that they do the pows and pops. There haven't been any games released recently that have been described as, uh, like, on fleek, correct? No, that's true. <laughs> uh, in fact, I don't know if, like... People don't really say that anymore, right? No one really says that anymore, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Fortnite fleek reference. Yeah, you like, know? like a skeet it. Yeah, uh, that also is not something that's in right now anymore. <laughs> it probably was never in. It was probably something that you have pushed as an agenda to us on the side and now managed to sneak into an episode. All right, Mike, you're not being very yeet right now. Joe, how are you feeling today? <laughs> You'd rather talk to me, wouldn't you? You seem a little nicer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm done playing uh, Kid Nicky. Not that I, that I hated it. Uh, but I'm, I'm feeling. I guess a few things to say about my personal experience about Kid Nicky. Does anybody have like a cousin Nicky or a like a like a friend Nicky? Like <laughs> I have a friend Nicky. You have a friend Nicky. Someone yeah. on my bus. In Not spelled that way though. Yeah. Okay. Nicky. Nicky yeah, on your I, bus. Okay. Yeah. I wondered if this was maybe based off of her. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember if, if her name was Nikki. But yeah, was I just think like you know something something about the title "Kid Nikki." Uh, I don't even know if that part was necessary, right? Couldn't we just call this "Radical Ninja"? I always, you know, it's funny because I I feel like I recognize the name "Radical Ninja." But, no, <laughs> I don't know what you could have been recognizing that from. <laughs> but uh, but, I, but Kid Nicky doesn't ring a bell. You're thinking of the Ninja Turtles, who probably That's at one time is. in the yeah, '80s said "radical." That's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah, you know. Yep, "radical"'s a good '80s word, right? I always I associated it more with the '90s, though. Oh, okay, interesting. I don't. I I feel like we were just around in the '90s, right. and it was and carrying got, like, the over. Residual radicals. We got the residual 80s, radicals. Yeah. You're right. Probably. Right. What's what's some other like buzzwords for that kind of stuff? So you have like radical tubular is yeah. another one. I think of but how many things were ever really described as tubular only know. like surf only moves right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like there's, like there's a lot of surf like like cowabunga cowabunga yeah uh, these are all actually just turtles okay that's that's enough of that we should probably get into the development <laughs> of the game uh, guys this was developed by Irem and we've gotten this wrong so many times in the past that I'd like to just set the record straight here Irem so far has made Kung Fu, Deadly Towers, and Schoon, and that's it. Sometimes <laughs> we've said 10-yard fight. Yeah. It's not true. It's Kung Fu, Deadly Towers, and Schoon, but Deadly Towers was Broderbund on the NES. So true that. Uh, they just made the Japanese version. But Irem only makes the arcade version for Kid Nicky. Uh, it was actually Data East who makes the NES port of Kid Nicky Radical Ninja. These two giants of the industry. Right. Well, the ones that we keep hearing over and over again, <laughs> uh, at least early on in the NES's life cycle. But if you if you need a little refresher on Data East, they did Breakthrough, which is not 
the um, Arkanoid clone right. that you it's guys the are probably car thinking one where of. You jump. Yes, the car one where you jump. Joe, I don't think you played that. <laughs> I didn't one. play that one, but I yeah. always think you're talking about Arkanoid when you yes. say breakthrough. Well, it's because you're thinking of breakout. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. we're really good at like talking about games. Yeah, and then there's Burger Time. Data East made that one as well. Yeah. Pretty competent arcade to NES port. So maybe they could do Kid Nicky, right? Karate Champ, which is terrible. Yeah. Uh, so nobody wants so that. So maybe they can't yeah. do Kid Nicky, right? Maybe they can't do it, right? <laughs> then there's Ring King, which they didn't do that well at all. No. Uh, we didn't like that one. And that has the weird uh, cutscene that no one's a fan of. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say it out loud. And last but not least, Tag Team Wrestling, which really sucks. Yes. <laughs> one of the like worst NES games downward spiral, right, spiral. we've ever played. So, they get, yeah, again, two giants of the industry. Yes. But uh, even though Iram made the arcade version, we're talking about the NES version today. We're not going to talk about the arcade version at all. But if that is something you're interested in, I think uh, earlier last year, uh, 2000, not last year. It might be 2020 by now. Who knows? No, I'm joking. Uh, 2018, January 25th, 2018, Kid Nicky Radical Ninja was published for the Nintendo Switch by Hamster as part of their Arcade Archive series. So it's like $7.99. You get the actual arcade version. There's like a ton of little things you can do. It's a really cool emulator, these arcade archives. I just wish that they were bundled rather than sold separately. Oh, it's just one game? Yes, and this oh. is how it works for everything in the arcade archive series. So yeah. you got to really like the game for $8. Yeah. This no. isn't something you can just try. Be like, oh, I wonder what Kid Nicky's like. I'll just spend $8 <laughs> on the arcade port. First impressions? I, I, I've got a first impression. Okay, you know, there my, we go. My, Joe, you I, take us through. So... When I was playing my, my, my games, my, my upcoming quota of games, I played uh, Karate Kid followed by Kid Nicky. So my initial poor reaction was, oh, my God, this is so much better than, you know, than Karate Kid just because, well, it is. Um, so, so after a little while, at first I was like, oh, it's so much better pretty much mainly just because it controls decently, like, you know, it, comparatively. Um, then... After a little while, it started to started to wear off, and I was like, "Okay, this game doesn't have a ton to it, but but I did find a little bit of charm to some to some parts of it." Okay, Sean, um, I thought that I I enjoyed the sense of humor that the game had, that sort of hidden around the levels. But whether you go into um, there, there are a couple secrets that I myself didn't find, but I saw people find um, that I thought like, "Oh, that's cute." But the game itself, I thought was pretty pretty standard fare uh i think there are a lot of just bland decisions that were made for this game uh but yeah that's my first impression and i think uh, for me I, w- I was getting weird vibes back to games like chubby cherub and um what was that other one it was a kid um not kid nicky but that's the one we're talking about but like ninja kid Ninja Kid? Uh, Ninja is that, Kid? Yeah, yeah, that was the game. Yeah, yeah. Yes. came out around the same time as Chubby Cherub. It just it, aesthetically, it looks like that, but they also kind of behave similar to those games. Yeah, you can't fly in Kid Nicky. You could in <laughs> Chubby Cherub, but honestly, the flying was broken in that game. So I'm glad they didn't include flying in this one. It's a it's a short game, but it's still kind of a chore to work through on yes. this one, and we'll get into that yeah. in a bit. But that's my general first impressions. Per- personally, I will say that. For maybe this is just my experience with Chubby Cherub, but I, I would put this and probably uh, Ninja Kid in a different, different in a maybe slightly higher uh, section than Chubby Cherub. Chubby okay. Cherub, I thought was a, had had a lot as far as the way it plays. I, I think that that was like a lot more of a right there with like these. Kid Icarus too, right? 
Whoa, whoa, stop. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah um, you get out of here. Get Icarus is essential. And uh, I totally see where you're going with that, Joe. And I guess, yes, I think it was just like a first impression I had. Right, By the time right. I had finished the game, I definitely didn't think like it was as bad as Chubby Cherub. I right, think right. this, if, you know, if you're wondering where we stand on this, I think continue listening because we have more to say that I, I don't want to communicate that it's bad off the bat because I think it's a... It's a game worth talking about. And so we're going to do just that. But first, we have to do Tales from the Manual. Kid Nikki starts with your Kid Nikki. You are training in your dojo. And all of a sudden, a pigeon or bird of some kind comes into your dojo and is is shot down with an arrow and then... It says, we'll help you. And then you jump out and the game starts. And you go and you rescue your girlfriend, I imagine. And then you kill the, uh, I forgot who. The wizard? <laughs> the, the, the stone wizard. The stone wizard. <laughs> and then the game ends. Okay, there was, there, it takes a while <laughs> yeah. to get to the stone wizard. You made it there's, a, there's a big chunk in between there. I would like a game where you just like... You That's see the a, story, though. Right. There's no, no story. Right. Yes. You see a cutscene, and it just takes you right to the final boss. You kill him, and then yeah. it's like, game over. Um, I, I, so I, I didn't know what the heck that bird was at first either, but then I was watching a, a playthrough where they it's described a carrier it pigeon yeah, as it being a carrier pigeon with a message that I assume was mistranslated and meant to say like, Will you help <laughs> from your girlfriend? It may have been that. I mean, it, it sort of pops up as as if it's being read from a scroll or something. And uh, or, I, I don't know. It, yeah. It's 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 got a different <laughs> style. Just thrown at you. And yeah. like, you're like you get it right. This is and the most just... throwaway of plots. <laughs> yeah, and there's there seems to be a longer plot that goes around online, but I couldn't find that anywhere in the manual. So I'm not going to read that because who knows where they got that from? And that, that's not that's necessarily it's maybe not necessarily the NES version. Maybe yeah. that's like on the arcade, like on the side of the cabinet. <laughs> but I don't count that as part of the NES canon. That's true. You know? uh, so that's where I got the feudal Japan thing from, other than like the aesthetic, of course. But like, it's actually said somewhere on this large description that like set in feudal Japan, Kid Nikki must rescue blah blah. You know, all that additional mm-hmm. information. Now, in terms of things that are actually in the manual, I only have one note, and I thought it was pretty funny. So it lists out your controls, and it's like you know, to move, you use these buttons; to jump, you use this button. And then finally, it just has this start button, and it just says pause, and then it goes. If you went, if you wish to interrupt play in the middle of a game, and it's like, it's like, it's almost like I, I read it like, sigh. If you wish to interrupt play in the middle of a game, you know, like, come on, like everybody's got to pause it sooner or later. It's not like they want to. I feel like this isn't the first time that we have read a man or we have played a game with a manual that that goes way into detail like that on the pause because I feel like that was still like a new concept. Right, but I feel like they're almost scolding you for doing it. Like, like what? You couldn't just play the whole game through. You had to pause. They don't. You can't pause in the arcade. <laughs> You're right. That's true. It's true. See, I, I I did notice that too, but more. I was thinking more of along the lines of like, wow, this is. It's funny that it that it's in here. It's like the longest description <laughs> in this whole manual is like what the pause button does. It's true. <laughs> also, and, like. And it, it's, yeah, it's just it's just the way we think about it now. It's just like so obvious. But I guess if you think like not everybody had was playing a ton of video games. This could be someone's first video game. Well, and- I mean, for a, it says like if you wish to if you wish to strike your opponent with spinning blade, press yeah. this button. Mm-hmm. 
It doesn't actually say that, though. <laughs> but it might as well have. Yes, correct. <laughs> also, I just want to get into the uh, the lingo here of if you wish to interrupt play in the middle of a game. Do you think like a game was the correct choice? Like they're, they're referring to it almost like <laughs> around in the arcade. You know, like like they're still treating it as if like this is just a version of the game. Like like it, the game is just referring to when you start to when you die and then you restart. An- like have another game. Oh. Meaning, like another game of Kid Nicky. Like Kid Nicky's almost like a, a tennis match. I think they're <laughs> actually talking about like all games. Like, if you wish to interrupt play for any game, press this button. Yeah, this which is like isn't a necessarily service. true. It's not, it's not true, but maybe which, they. Which game of, couldn't you pause in? Uh, volleyball. Winter games, right? You had to hold oh, it down yeah, you or hold something. It down. Yeah. Oh yeah. You couldn't like actually pause. And then my last thought before we move into actually talking about the gameplay is not involving the manual, but it involves the back of the box. Guys, tell me what you think of this. The back of the box shows the arcade graphics. Okay, that's Ooh, actually that's false cheating. advertising. That is messed up, right? Like, it should, like who could tell, right? Uh, anybody. Yeah. Like, they're a lot nicer. We, surprising. We were just talking about them do off, off the mic, but actually off the mic, we were just talking about them doing that at, like, E3, showing, like... Showing false graphics. For yeah, the, the history of that happening yeah. in E3, like Kill Zone and uh, Watch Dogs and all that stuff. So this has been rampant in the industry. I bet you they got the idea from this game. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, Kid Nicky got away with it in 87, right. so we can do it in 2013. So now for the meat and potatoes of our NES uh, podcast, where so we talk cute. about the gameplay. Uh, I describe Kid Nicky as Super Mario with weapons, but uh, you know, you guys probably could describe it a little better. It's not necessarily it's it's a platformer slash action game, right? Sure, there's I some platforming th- yeah. for sure. That's giving it's it too much bit, credit. Yeah. I think if you try to describe somebody that game, they would want to buy it and play it. <laughs> Super Mario with weapons, right? That's what they should have put on the back of the box. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying that that's that probably was in their design doc, um, but I think this game is. Uh, way too it looks too roughshod for me to describe it as such i i would say that it is a combination between uh, ninja kid and kung fu because it's just that endless like enemies coming at you with no actual there are a couple patterns with uh like people throwing things at you but it seemed that in in general, if it, if there's ground combat, they're randomly generated and just run at you. I almost feel like it's not even randomly generated. It's like it's like generated to like a beat. <laughs> like it's like generated <laughs> like like every every one second, another enemy will come in. Just yeah, for the first rhythm right. game. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> a beat is the bad word. <laughs> we we did have a rhythm game, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're right. uh, what's funny is is this is something we talked about back in the Super Mario Brothers episode. How like that game programmed the enemies to exactly show up when they needed to in order yeah. to like make to the level make more level complex good. but here they didn't they didn't plan on doing any of that and i really feel like this game could have benefited from that because it did put like some interesting death traps and like yeah you know having to climb trees at certain points and there just the option to scale things when you didn't necessarily have to so even the fact that they gave us options but just wound up making it like enemies appear wherever you are it just it doesn't it doesn't matter. In the yeah, long. yeah, and, and it's a shame too because I I do think that the controls are really tight at least for like whenever we have a game like this that's like the side scrolling I guess like somewhat of a platformer but also where you have like a weapon 
I feel like it's like there's a good chance the controls are going to be really tough to manage. Think I think of, that we've gotten past the the worst parts of that. Right, though. but think of uh, just the one what, uh, Karate Kid yeah. just last week. That was that was a nightmare, and so maybe that's why I'm, I'm thinking of it this way. But I feel like if they had done what you guys are saying and like programmed it to be a little more, you know, thought out as to when the enemies are coming, this could be a really like more of a polished experience where yeah. you, where your you know your actions are, are pretty. Yeah, because I want to talk about that because you know a lot of times we fault the games that we're playing for their controls, but I didn't think the controls were bad here. I think the attack did what it needed to do and was maybe even a little op in the early sections of the game, you know? I definitely felt like, what you you said it's like a swinging sword? Spinning sword. Yeah, it's it's not like an actual sword. It's sort of like how in... uh, Zelda, for some reason, you have like a projectile sword, and in this one, you just have a a, a sword that that spins for like a microsecond, and then you put it back. Right, <laughs> and, and I just felt like it worked really well. It never like the hitboxes weren't confusing to me. I will tell you when we get to it, uh, but when it does not work very well for me, at least how they designed it for like boss battles. Okay, and we'll definitely get to that. So yeah. let's hold on that thought for a second. But I, I kind of liked how the game wasn't very challenging, but I didn't like that the enemies also didn't really evolve at any given point. They either just were enemies that walked towards you, walked towards you a little faster, or some flying Flew, enemies right. that... Or through. Yeah. Or through? Or through... Well, I mean, like, or through things at you. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought you yeah. meant through, through you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah, they... Which were the ones... What did they throw at you? I forget. I don't know what they were throwing. The red guys, though, right? Yeah, they, they were, the were on trees. Yeah. And then there's another... Uh, oh, it's there's a people frog. throwing, like, things from the... Like, bombs from yeah, the yeah. top of the trees down yeah. in, like, an arc. And then at another level, there are frogs that, like, scream at you. No, I think that's their tongue. Oh. I, I assume that was their tongue that they're like it looks dis- whipping their tongue. It out. does not, It looks yeah, disembodied. It's, it's to disconnected. Me. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> if you think, have you ever played Chrono Trigger? Yes. The, the the frog's tongue in that is also like a bunch of little beads that connect, so it can okay. like stretch. <laughs> so, so maybe that's why I thought of it as uh, Japanese frogs. Yeah. Japanese frogs. <laughs> right. That's yes. what they're like over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the the enemy variety would it would have been nicer to see some more like different things like even just like enemies that I don't know like. Their behavior gets a little smarter. They kind of just like the blue. The blue ones were the most frequent throughout the entirety of the game. Just walk in one direction, and and that's all. And like you know, yeah. they come at you. And I get that, like that's what a Goomba does too. Yeah. In Mario, but at least Mario had the foresight to also be like. But then there's Koopa Troopers, and there's yeah. Red Koopa Troopers, and there's Hammer Brothers. Like we don't have enough of that in this game to justify it. Right. There was, and it's just a palette swap as far as enemy design, like aesthetically. But there, I think there is another just uh, Mook that will stop in front of you so that you can't time things out quite as well. Okay. And then you have to be a little bit more aggressive, but that's that's very minuscule. So you, you're working your way through seven scenes in the game, basically seven stages, and, and there's a nice overworld map. I'd give that some credit, right? It's, it's a couple yeah. clip arts, yeah. But, yeah. It's, but, it's, all, but it's an unnecessary. I, see, I, I always feel like an overworld map that you have no control over, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I guess, but like an overworld map gets me excited that I'm going to be in some control over where I go next. This, I know, but this did the same thing for me that maybe like what Castlevania's Yeah, map yeah I guess you know, that's it's just true. Like, it yeah. helps that's give true. it at least like a sense of place rather right. than just like... Why did I move from the forest to the desert? Like, at least now you can yeah. see. Yeah. You know? yeah, I guess. But Ca- Castlevania also had, you had like a clear goal, and you're seeing this one big castle. Maybe I'm misremembering uh, what it looked like in this game, but 
feel like I was just like, oh, now I'm in that side of the map. Well, in this game, it is actually, now that you bring it up, it is confusing because you just go around the outside right. like a like you make an N. It's like, where is, the, where is my goal? Right, where you am make I the letter N around the outside, and then you go into the middle. It's like, why couldn't I just yeah. make a straight line? Why did I have to go over and then <laughs> maybe you're Maybe you're searching each of these areas for your girlfriend. Shouldn't and you're you like, well, she's not in here. Maybe she's in the big tower yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the world map. So when you guys are going through, did you get any of the bells? Because I'm a, a little confused on what one of them does. Well, the thing is with the bells is that when you read the manual, it's described as something that's going to happen like fairly often. Right. Like, like you know, <laughs> I'm thinking like the bells from um, Stinger. You know, right. like those because yeah. they yeah. look the same too visually. Cause, but yeah, because the one bell that that is like protects you. There's a bell that you get and it and it makes these like these circles circle around you and they help attack enemies and it's yeah. almost it's actually pretty hard to get hit while you have this on you can still get hit but i think that it came up for me once yeah and i feel like it comes thing. up at the same spot one time in this entire game and that's it i yeah. could be wrong I, I i had the same experience because i didn't i, I saw one bell uh not yeah, singular <laughs> right so I don't know what the others do but, at all. So the other bell, and I don't remember the color, so forgive me. But so it's silver and gold. So silver, is that the shield? Silver is the, that's the one that you'll find more frequently. It's by defeating all of oh, the, okay. like an entire squad of attack birds. Right. And oh. that one, if you collect it, you have a, uh, you can throw the star, the ninja star. No, you mean no. you throw the sword. Oh, no, the, no the, every time you swing star. your sword, you'll throw a star as well. Oh, okay. Okay, so I did get that one. That's right. I, for, I totally forgot that that happened. Because I also read in the manual that there's a bell that you get that will kill an enemy somewhere else. Did I read that wrong? <laughs> Say that one more time. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. But I thought after, after I played it, I was looking through the manual Some and said, like, this, shit. this enemy or this bell will kill an enemy somewhere else. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> That's but I'm very not ominous. Sure that I'm not making that up. Completely. I do remember but, reading that in the manual and then never coming into contact yeah. within the game. Yeah. But when I, when I saw that, I had forgotten that I got the bell yeah, that I, gives you the throwing stars. So I was right. like, oh, maybe that's the other bell. No, the other bell is the gold bell, and that one is only in predetermined location. So you ha- it's like another one of those secret things of this game that is not communicated well to the player at all. No. You know how, like, here's my idea with, with you know, since we're talking so much about Super Mario Brothers, is that Super Mario Brothers has a lot of secrets. Some that are, sure, they're obscure, but there's also, like, there's but some guiding, yeah. you, you know. Just, to, you have to have like the the littlest amount of curiosity to to happen upon them, right? right. In this game, you have to like nothing is nothing is obvious about no. any of these secrets, uh, and we'll talk about the secret areas in a second. But the the you have I, a yeah, I, I I figured out the, the bell mystery. I okay. solved it. Love it. Uh, so it it does say in the manual. Gold bells will kill enemies far away, oh, which I realize it's a now is talking attack. about. Yeah, it's a ranged attack. <laughs> so that's another attack. really weird way to describe something. <laughs> right. when, when I read it, I thought it was like somewhere in the level an enemy will die. <laughs> right. So that's not what happens. Yes, the gold bell is the shield, though. The gold bell, it says in the manual, will kill enemies far away, making me think the gold bell is the throwing star. Mm, and the silver bell, it the... says, circles around and protects Ooh, you, well, kid. You guys by... are both reading the manual. And yeah, this is interesting. Reading the manual I'm not reading the manual, oh, yeah. but I'm reading the wiki, and I think that, like, uh, I don't know. The wiki is pretty at good. this point, like, I don't know <laughs> who, who to trust more, the manual the or the wiki. <laughs> That's funny. Who's who's right? Cast your vote at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the bottom line is it doesn't matter because you're really not going to find too many yeah. of these 
anyway. Exactly. So, and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't feel like they were necessary. They weren't. No. The, it, it was nice to have that shield one. For like I just, I guess I, I would it. have expected the power-ups to just be more, either more frequent or found easier than just like in predetermined locations or by killing the birds. Like it seems like it should have been something that like you were yeah, killing the birds. <laughs> I mentioned another <laughs> thing it says in the manual. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing because I put the manual down again. But uh, something like when you this bird, if you kill this bird, you can find golden bells which it stole from the school. <laughs> the school. <laughs> so I, I don't know where this lore is coming from and why they don't want to like expand, expound on it at all. Slightly mad that yeah. you didn't include Ma- this in Ma- Tales from the Manual. <laughs> oh but a masked bird in disguise trying to hide. He bears the golden bell that he stole from the school. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. strange. And also those coins are only worth 500 points. So it's like right. you don't Who need cares? And I don't Screw even look it. at points anyways. Screw it. Uh, there's also the extra life and the princess doll. Did, yes. did you guys see either one of these? I again, these are in hidden places that I didn't find. Okay, yeah, uh, the extra lives are only found in the secret bonus rooms. Yeah, the secret areas, as I'm referring to them. But uh, you'll have to you'll have to dig deep for that. But that makes sense, you know. An extra life's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. But we also gave one ups. Pretty, you know, like, like that was easy to find in Super Mario Brothers. Every now and again. Yeah, they just yeah. sort of popped up. Yeah, and then the princess doll is an interesting one because it gives you basically like an extra hit h like but that's like, also isn't that a gi is it's a it's not a it's not a doll. It's a. Does it say it's a gi in the manual? Do I have to get off the wiki? Do I have to get off the wiki? <laughs> it just says mini princess because it changes your. Uh, it changes your attire. Yes, no, it changes your attire. Yes, oh. that that's true. But it's described as a princess doll. Here. Oh, that's weird. Yes, uh, doesn't really look like a princess to be honest. But it doesn't look like a gi either. So I'm not. I'm not prepared to give that battle up. But you you get the the new gi and then it, your outfit turns white and then in exchange you can take one extra hit, which I think like this game should have had from the beginning. I hate one hit games. We're, I hate any game. Basically, that, all these games are one hit. I know, games, and you know? I get why they are, but I'm just saying like if when in doubt, just get like a rom hack of these games where you can take a few hits because it's just that's the way these games should be played now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Who wants to get hit once, die, and then start from the beginning? Mike? Hardcore gamers, yeah, like real gamers. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think it's funny that we we kind of started out the podcast as as almost purist in a way, and I'm just like get a fucking rom hack. <laughs> See, because I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like then just don't play this game. I mean, <laughs> but I think some of these games can be fun with the right rom hack. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that I may or may not have played a rom hack version of this game where you have like. Three hits, and then you die instead uh, of one. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he really fun. may or may not have. That was a review copy. Yeah, that was it. I got the <laughs> review copy from uh, Iron. We're on, we're on such good speaking terms since I continue to <laughs> screw up which praise them so made. much, too. <laughs> All right. So we, we've talked about the regular enemies here. We've talked about the bells. Do we want to talk about the boss fights? We should yes. probably talk about the boss fights. A.K.A. the best part of the game. Yes. It's the only good part of the game is the the slightly inspired designs of these of these bosses. Um, my favorite was probably uh, the first, at least in in the actual like visual of it, of and, just this. And- this giant-headed kid that like sneezes yeah. at you or something. Vo too. His uh, yeah. yeah. His uh, his actual name is Death Breath. Death Breath. Uh, okay. Yeah, he has a gigantic head, 
and he does he does three different ways of attacking you and it's like all of this work went in yeah. to to making these bosses and not a single extra enemy could be made with these kind of like right. thoughts in mind like specific to their stages yeah. where like they do similar things but on like a less threatening scale <laughs> i don't know that's it's like confusing to me it's like the bosses in this game are i'm gonna say it pretty damn good i had a lot of fun with most of them i will say though and this is what i referred to earlier that i don't understand and i actually found it kind of uh frustrating that you have to go and retrieve your sword whenever you attack a boss Yes, I don't fault the bosses for that. No, no, no. The yeah, bosses yeah. had nothing to do with how bad you are at swinging a, a spinning sword. Um, but it almost made me feel like I was not hitting them. And this was yeah. the wrong way to fight. Sometimes until, like, I think you're not. I think it depends on the reaction from the boss. Yeah, yeah. It gives, it'll give you like uh, an ugh right. uh, graphic. And it'll he'll go backwards. Right. There's also like certain bosses that are just like... They can only be heard from a certain point right, or something yeah, like, right. you know, like uh, the uh, the witch who um, flies oh, around yeah, the yeah, yeah. third third stage. Uh, she has a cape, and you if you attack from the cape side, it does no damage. Right. There's but a, why are you why are you uh, you're 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 sort of punishing the player for landing a hit by making him go and retrieve the goddamn sword. I know that it like makes it a, a little bit more of like a strategic thing cuz you want to hit him so that you can retrieve the sword right. quickly, but But it happens every time yeah. and it takes most of the time like 3 to 5 hits to kill yeah. most of these guys. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but meanwhile, you have no weapon in your hand and you have to figure out a way to dodge the attacks that they're doing to you. And I get it, like, there's some strategy, but it'd be nice if that only happened on, like, the very last hit before you killed the boss, you know? Like, so you do the hit and then finally, right, exactly. Finally, now you don't have a weapon and you have to go retrieve it. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that, even if it happened in every single boss. There's also this weird thing, though, where, you know, because your sword just, like, ricochets wherever. So one time my sword ricocheted all the way to, like, the top of the screen yeah. and I'm like mm-hmm. how am I going to get that so I go over to the edge of the screen and jump and the game just teleports, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, teleports me to the sword grabs and jumps back down and I'm like oh that's one way to solve it, well, it at least they yeah. tested that yeah. was what where I was like I was like okay that's kind of silly but I was like at least impressed but I was like hey at least they didn't they didn't just let it be game breaking right. like at right. least they like, knew that this was a problem sword anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm still at a point I think in our in our nostalgia career where I'm like impressed by bosses having boss patterns because there's been so many that don't. Yeah, this isn't that we haven't had that many. No, we've had a couple, and like, I feel like I, I yeah. usually bring it up when we do. But um, when you think but, about what we just played before, Karate Kid, right. right, last week, and that game being essentially, oh, the boss is coming up. Well, some of these guys will just straight up jump off the the platform <laughs> if I just wait over here. Right, yeah, you know, like that level of dumb. It is really nice when you get to a boss like this because what I really like about these bosses is that they have multiple attacks. They have tells for when it's a good time to attack them, and they have, like, movement around the stage that makes sense to their particular characters, so it's not like they just hang on the right side of the screen and you have to charge at them. There's a a good time to attack all of these guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes them such great bosses. They almost feel like 
early Mega Man bosses. Yeah, you know, I would say that. Yeah, not yeah. nearly as inventive. No, Mega exactly. Man bosses are right. obviously awesome. This is a primordial version of good boss design. Couldn't have yeah. said it better myself. But I, but I, yeah, because I, I do think there were definitely definitely flaws in the the witch one that you said, where mm-hmm. every time you hit this, I guess it's a witch. I, I don't even remember. I just remember something flying around. Every time you hit it, it splits into double of itself. You know, right, and into smaller versions of itself. And I was like, that's a cool concept until. It's really like. Do you guys agree that was like the easiest boss by far? You just yes. hit. You just hit yeah. it six times and just hit them all. Like they were like flying through me and not it d- hitting. It does me. so it doesn't make it harder that there's more of them. It makes it easier to attack the ones right. that are directly and, in front of you. Uh-huh. And also, now that I'm thinking about it, did that one? Did you lose your sword in that one? I remember kind of just going in slashing away. Actually, and all, you're right. I don't remember yeah. losing my sword in that boss battle. Which the losing your sword didn't didn't bother me too much, anyways, because I hadn't really thought about it too much, but. But well, I definitely look, look. Let me put it this way: I don't hate that it's in the game, but it's something that you you notice that like right. uh, every single time I hit one of these bosses, right. it goes flying, and it does become a bigger deal in the final stage. Yes, uh, but we'll talk yeah. about that when we get there. And again, well, it's just it's just mixed messaging uh, to the player of at least the first few times that you do it. It does not make sense that you've hit and you've lost. Right. Your sword. Yeah. It, it is not clear uh, yeah. until you kind of like figure it all out, but. But I will say that the I think it was the fourth the fourth boss, which is like the centipede thing that's like yes. going oh, up yeah. and down, and you have to hit each like segment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think the gameplay. I mean, granted, there's other ways to make the gameplay more challenging, but I think that losing your sword every time helped the gameplay because otherwise, I feel like it would have been very yeah. easy to just kill him all at once. That's yeah. true. Um, and then one other thing I want to say about the uh, the losing your sword is that the. I guess it's the fifth boss. Then is like the the suit of armor holding like a spear above his head. Or stage six, six, five is uh, the big baldy who screams at you. Oh, <laughs> fool! Right? Yeah, he fool. calls you a fool. Yeah. yeah. He, he screams at you, and you have to dodge his screams right. and commands. I, I liked that <laughs> yeah. boss fight, but more of what I really liked about that stage were those giant Buddha statues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. in this game are pretty mediocre for the most part, but then I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty yeah, they detailed They all Buddha. of their art department for these, like, two <laughs> Buddha statues in this one stage. I mean, if you're going to do it for something, might as well do it for something that's, like, respectful, I guess, at least, right? Like, I guess so. <laughs> um, but for, so then for the following boss... Um, well, first, I do want to mention that that guy who yells fool at you, a cloud of what he's saying appears above above you, and it says fool, and then this cloud of fool drops a bunch of little, like, letters, yeah. like, F-O-O-Ls on you. It's cute. So, yeah, it's that's what I kind of meant when I meant there's, like, some charm to this game. Yeah. But um, what did you guys think of that suit of armor guy holding the spear? I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Hey, yeah, hated it because I couldn't I couldn't tell like what I was doing and and eventually what I just came up with I'm not even sure if this is the strategy but I just made it so that he got as close to me as possible yeah. on the left side of the screen because he's in guard mode the entire time I'd attack him be able to pick up my sword right away because it would just deflect right to the end of the screen and attack him again before he could go back into his guard stance and when you have to cheese the game I mean like okay so we're talking about a good boss design uh, this was the the dud so, so I gathered by the end, I thought that you had to hit him on the t- jump and hit him on top of the head, which wor- was working for me. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there's something else at play there. But the thing is, before I figured this out, I actually thought this was the, the coolest boss design until I realized what it really was. Because <laughs> I thought what you're supposed to do, which is not true, is w- when you hit this boss, 
you know, your your sword falls out and goes to the other end of the screen, but his spear also falls out and goes to the opposite end of the screen as your sword. Not as far away though. Not as far not as far away, but he scuttles back to get his spear while you have to run back at your sword. And I thought the goal was to get him off of his end of the screen. Oh. But you but it would be like a constant race to like get to your sword and get back to him to keep knocking him back. Well, and that, I got him really close to the yeah, off. That's but I don't think it's say. possible. Right. No, apparently that is the idea. But oh. every, no, like that yeah, essentially you want to get to a point where you'll be able to retrieve your sword faster than oh, his. Yeah, right. So but that's right. not what I thought it, it was. I'm just saying like it doesn't it doesn't matter anyway because at the end of the day the only way to really have that work is to cheese it mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think that that's right. fun. Yeah. That's fun, right. right? This one I would say like I thought I was doing damage to him for a while and then I realized like there's no way this boss takes right. like 13 yeah. hits to kill and I realized I just wasn't doing anything yet. I haven't right. even started fighting him. So, yeah. yeah, if they had gotten it to work that way though where you have to knock you have to get him off of his end of the screen while having to go continuously retrieve your sword i think that would have been a good like not finale but a good payoff to the whole losing your sword and gameplay mechanic <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly. oh this is like where i put what i learned to the test yeah but but not so <laughs> what i learned about dropping, yeah, my, about dropping my sword and getting it <laughs> it would have been hey uh, that's a good motif though i would have like <laughs> you know uh keep before, getting back up yeah before we go to the final stage stage seven i'd like to talk about the secret areas did you yeah. guys experience any of those nope I I'm on to, my own. <laughs> I went to one of them only only after I saw it happen in a Let's Player, and I'm trying to even remember what it was. I had to hit certain columns or something. I, I actually okay. honestly don't even really remember. The, the, my favorite oh. one that I saw was I think you have to accidentally die uh, by like falling into water, and then you get eaten by like a sea monster of sorts, and then you were just in his stomach. Yes, that's the best one. I was yeah. actually just about to mention that. Yes, you um. You fall into the space between the island and the fish, and then you get transported into the belly of the fish. That was the secret area I was going to mention because it's the most interesting because yeah. you actually see like the skeleton, <laughs> yeah. uh, the the what would you call it, the um, of of the, the fish. Ridges. No, 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 but it's not like necessarily the skeleton; it's the spine. Yeah, the spine. spine. Yeah, sorry. And, and it's just weird that they relegated their most interesting map design with like context and like not just random islands that you have to jump over. To these bonus areas, because even like I get you, you climb a tree. Yeah, and you climb a tree, which and, which is just like not something I would have even yeah. done in the game. I never really thought about like oh, cl- scale the trees, like you know, like when a vine pops up in Super Mario, yeah, it's like yeah, scale it. that vine. Yeah. Like, when a tree is just in the game, I'm not thinking like oh yeah, Kid Nicky's known for climbing <laughs> trees. Also, there's some other weird things like in that same stage. Um, if you just go to the at the very beginning of the stage, you just go to the very left of the screen and squat for several seconds you'll just be transported to a tunnel with a bunch of eggs in them and then there's like a (laughs) not like a dinosaur but like some kind of green worm thingy that looks like a dinosaur that like chases after you and i'm like i don't remember seeing him anywhere else in the game so like why is he also only in this secret area yeah there's just so many things that they put into the secret area like even in the buddha stage where there's like four different temples that you can go to as secret areas that have like cool power-ups and other neat things to pick up uh, maybe maybe we're just not paying good enough attention i i don't know i feel like they wouldn't have put this much effort into these areas if they didn't think that people could find them okay well how about this one okay this one you can only get to in the famicom version wow they expected us to buy the famicom version <laughs> in this one you have to you go on to the giant buddha statue that we all love so much that we thought was interesting and you squat in the Again. middle of its lap <laughs> 
and then you yell into the microphone that's in the Famicom controller, oh. <laughs> and then that will um, transport you to the bonus area where you'll get like some extra coins and princess dolls and extra lives. And, and show like, the trailer for Silent Hills. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. That they would have that in 1987. <laughs> Suspicious. So I think that like the, the, the verdict I'm getting from this is that the secret areas are awesome and very thoughtful, <laughs> yeah. but like... Jeez, put them in like a yeah. The, the means put them to in get a manual or not, something. Yeah. Like, give us some hints on how yeah. to find these things. It's almost like they planned on selling right. you a DLC strategy guide, <laughs> where, you know, like where you'd be able to download the content. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I knew what you yeah. meant. Um, it's more of a microtransaction, right? In that, in that regard, it was just a transaction. I right? think it's just point. buying a strategy a guide. Macro transaction. Capital. Um, even if they didn't have like a hint to get to it, like make it discoverable in the game, like make it, I mean, I guess hints within the game, like, you know, Mm. it just seems, it all seems so random. Who would ever, I mean, talking about the Famicom version, who would ever squat down in that specific spot and then yell into their microphone I could see myself squatting down in Buddha's lap, but I can't see myself like then making a loud noise. Unless you were like, hey, hey, check it out. Like, Jimmy, come over and look at what I'm doing. And the microphone picks it up. (laughs) So we, we get to the final stage, stage seven, which is actually not the final stage, but you know, yeah, we'll, talk we'll, get about to this in, we'll talk about this in a second. You get to the final stage, and am I crazy, or did this game just get really hard? I got, I mean, I, there's a little bit of a, of, yeah, it, it got hard. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't want, sorry, I don't want to say like Ghost and Goblins hard, no. but no, I but meant harder like, than it's been. Harder than yes. the rest of the game completely, and I'm just like, what's happening all of a sudden? Like. <laughs> What what's going on? And then and then you get to the stone wizard, and it's it's not so bad, but it's a pretty tough boss fight. Yeah. I'm definitely not expecting there to be a whole nother stage after him. Wait, you have to so go is, chasing is this after the him. level where there's all the uh, the things in the sky that I'll dive bomb down at you like just over and over again? Birds? No, no, uh, you're thinking. I know what you're thinking of. The, but that's, they got spear. That's the next level. The right? next level is when you're on top of the roofs. In this one, you're um, you're walking through like the Japanese houses. Huh? This? No. Yeah. So he, th- this level, <laughs> I'm showing my yeah, showing yeah. it to you. <laughs> hey, viewers, it. can you viewers of our podcast? Can you see this? Because um, this level I thought was tough at first, but then apparently, if you just run. Nothing. None of those things that are dive bombing you will hit you in there. You just you just run. I, guess I just never thought stop. to. Me, the guy who runs through most games, uh, I never thought to do that in this one. Like, if you stop, you screw up the timing of it, and then you have to defend yourself. That's but, funny. But, yeah, I did think that, like, overall the rest of the stage was was more difficult, especially the boss. Yeah, and then and then so you get to the Stone Wizard, uh, who's the final boss. Any thoughts? I Well, I mean, it, it's just strange that we you have this, uh, this showdown with your girlfriend present, and then you defeat him, and then he runs away, and you have to keep doing that. I, yeah, I, I but, just don't. I mean, I, I guess it's it's like, oh, there's more content. <laughs> I guess you got to make sure he's dead, right? Like, like he just kidnapped your princess. I'm pretty sure you want to make sure that right, he yeah. doesn't like, do no, it it's again. A revenge story. It's almost like <laughs> if at the end of Super Mario Brothers, well, I don't know what else Mario would have done. He he literally 
set Bowser in a pool of lava. <laughs> so I'm not sure. But like, you know, it's almost like if he would have like put on gear and went down there and then done like a lava level yeah. where he has to like make sure Bowser's officially dead. And then there's no Super Mario Brothers games ever again. Yeah, right? Like there's yeah. never, he never like sees it through. In fact, in the latest Mario games, like think about Odyssey, right? A little slight spoiler here, but like it ends with Mario and Bowser just stuck on the moon. And I'm like, wouldn't that be a good time to just make sure Bowser stays on the moon? <laughs> Sorry for being like <laughs> like that Bowser, but Bowser's a cool guy. I wish he keeps showing up. Um, did you guys have this thing happen when you were fighting? This uh, first of all, you're, what are you calling this? The Stone Wizard. The Stone Wizard. The yeah. Stone Wizard doesn't look like a Stone Wizard to me. But it's a stoned it's wizard. A, oh, okay, <laughs> but right on. Yeah. But did the Stone Blaze Wizard throw? Is he's he's throwing fire? Right, fire, pillars of fire come up, and that's kind of like your biggest obstacle in this in this yeah. fight. Stone fire. But then for me, like after like the first hit, he just stopped throwing the fire, no. and then there were no attacks. No. No. Yeah, that, that, that it wasn't it, my it, copy maybe, of the game. Maybe I shouldn't say after the first hit, but after a few hits, it was very tough until he stopped, and I was like, oh. I do. Well, let me put this you There's definitely like, a window of opportunity to attack this guy. It was it was a good the, amount of time. Do we think like, that I was like, is he going to attack again? Do we think the kid Nikki is haunted? <laughs> oh, could be. It's not. Uh, you're you're you've been doing this episode for too long now. You're losing it. Let's stay focused. <laughs> Sorry. We have to just finish because after you defeat uh, the Stone Wizard, it's like a total psych out. You go to stage eight where you fight him on the roof like nine times. Right. Yeah. Like, this is the level I thought where it was like, now nah, this is really hard. This is just ridiculous because it, you have to do the boss fight that you just did. That usually is like the end of a level. You do that. I, I'm pretty sure nine's an exaggeration, but at least five. Yeah, right. I, I think so. Like and then at the end, he turns into a bat. And then you got to fight him in his bat form, which is described as his ultimate form. But I'm also like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm also like, why? Like, he's he's not really any more yeah, intimidating. You're a giant name. wizard made out of stone. Stone wizard. Now you're a bat. That's your ultimate form. You were interpreting that as that he's made out of stone? I don't know. You guys okay. call him the stone wizard. I, I just I I'm just, just along using the name he was given. Is it on the his wiki or in the name. manual? In the manual. It's in the manual. Okay. His birth name, Stone. I'll call him Stone, Stone Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> his wizard's his last name. All right, so you get to the you get to the final version of the Stone Wizard after all this other crazy stuff. And by the way, I should mention that it's not the same boss fight on loop. There's some times where he does things with bubbles. Oh yeah, bubbles. He does that oh, bubbles yeah. thing, and then um, I dislike bubbles. You, yeah, keep going. It, it kind of felt like they were. It was like a little bit of like you get a little. With each boss fight in this, you get a little taste of a previous level. Like, the bubbles were in an earlier level. So it's like, oh, you're fighting him, but now that thing from that level three is there or whatever. And I I, I don't know if that's, that holds up for the other ones, but it's I feel I like feel that, the different thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice of you Could to say wrong. about this game. But I think this is... Let me put it this way. <laughs> I'm just giving I'm just throwing them bones now. I'm like, you know what? They try. Let me put it this way. As frustrating as this is, because it's like, at this point, you just want to be done with the game. Like, look, it wasn't very challenging. All of a sudden, it's very challenging. And you have to deal with a boss fight several times over. It's nice that they thought to include like this epic boss fight at the end where it's like form after form after form. But I'm just like, yo, I already saved the princess in the yeah, previous just go stage. Back, go Can- get her. Go back home. Go yeah. dojo training. Exactly. That's how I'm feeling. And so I'm kind of exhausted. Just put locks by on the, the doors. By the time he turns into a bat, I'm not even convinced that's his last form. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's going to turn into a dragon next, yeah. you know? Bat dragon. But he doesn't. Um, he does these m- giant flames, though, with faces on them. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, and you just have to keep attacking him, and then he dies. And that's the, uh, that's the end of the game. That's the end of the game.
I, I think we can move on. Yeah. I have I have one I have one stray thought. Uh, I did uh, I did like that uh, there were words of encouragement after you beat bosses. It would just be like you know, had a boy. Okay. Uh, that's my straight thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that. You're right. That's my favorite thing. Sorry. I was, like, that's my favorite, that's my favorite thing, thing about it. Like, I just, no, 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 I just reacted to you like you were an idiot, really. Yeah. <laughs> because I was thinking about something. But now that I'm thinking about this, I did think that that was like the weirdest part of this whole game was that it would say like radical dude. And then and then you'd get the scroll and it would be like at a boy. And I'm like, what, what am I playing? Like, it feels like they just Americanized it all yeah. of a sudden. You know, you're again, feudal Japan. And then all of a sudden it's just like up oh, you know get the scroll before you gotta go to class like, <laughs> so i'm i'm just getting confused here i don't remember the bat form at all okay <laughs> that's strange i to remember so, See, you know what i wasn't gonna say anything because i thought maybe i forgot but it, i don't remember it either. i was like scrubbing through it now and you i can't even think find it's it. a bat but that's that's it but he's standing right there. Yeah, but that's him too. Oh, Clearly, that's him. Okay, <laughs> you don't think that's okay. him? Like, <laughs> I guess it's him. He's this wizard. It's him, Mike. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, it is actually his hair and I his see. face okay. and his makeup. It's it's everything of him. And yes, you can't really tell it's a bat, but like, it does. He has like yeah. these little. So flappy you're still arms. you're still fighting. To be clear, then you're still fighting him. He's still standing there, but now like another little flying version. I thought of that him was like his like, friend. Could be. <laughs> Anyway, it's like the same color palette and everything, but like I totally forgot about that. For thing. what it's worth, in the arcade version, it's more like, oh, act, just like, demons. You know, it's like it's better, I guess, pronounced. Gotcha. That, um, it's that you're dealing with the bat. Okay. In so, this game, I guess I was just, you know, I guess you could assume it's also just like a, a mini version of himself with just a floating head. Yeah. Because the arms aren't necessarily apparent. You are witnessing a breakdown of communication between all three <laughs> of us. Yep. Because it's funny is we all beat this game, I want to say, right? Yeah, we beat yes. yeah. We all beat this game, and we're all having very different yeah, experiences. Different <laughs> memories about this game. Well, here, um, here's the thing. What does that really say about this game, though, in terms of how memorable it is if three people beat it and <laughs> yeah. barely remember, like, the final boss fights, forms, and things? It was like, at that point, I just wanted to be done. I was thinking about, about pizza. Nice. Yeah. Because you're a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. But okay. but when you beat this game, you get another nice message. Can, can I read yeah, this message? Yeah, please read the message. Thanks to your awesome ninja skills, peace has been returned to our castle once again. We will forever, we will remember you forever, Kid Nikki. You are one rad dude. See, it's so nice. It's sweet. Are you a rad enough dude <laughs> to save the president? <laughs> yeah, rad is just really, uh, really played up. Yeah. Well, it's on the title of the box. So and you, you know what? Help. And I'm just watching the, the ending of this on YouTube right now. But then the end comes flying in from the corner. It's all small and it gets bigger. It's better Colors, than game over. Color curtains come in. It's a whole cutscene. It's it's a lot of thought into that ending. It's got charisma. Yes. Cool. Are we good? I think we're good. I have one more straight thought. My right. God. <laughs> Related to pausing the game. Great. I love I love a good pause. You know, every couple episodes, I like to put the pause in there. Uh, it's not really about the sound of pausing the game. It's about when you pause this game and when you unpause it, 
the music starts over. <laughs> Did you guys notice it? The music starts at the beginning. Nope. So every time you pause it, it starts with like the intro music to the level again. I just figured that was a that was a good little straight thought to add to the Joe's Pause Sounds uh, archives. The compendium. Yes. Yeah, that's actually good to know. This is actually like a controversy that's happening right now in Final Fantasy IX on Nintendo Switch and Steam, where oh. every single time you're in the overworld, you hear the music. When you go to a boss fight and you come out of... Or not a boss fight. When you go to any kind of random encounter... And you come back, it starts the song all over again from the beginning. So nobody's able to hear like oh, the, yeah, two the minutes whole, into right. the track or whatever. And I'm like, you know, this is now, this is a problem that has been going on for it's tearing since the community apart. What's funny is, is like, it's, it can't be that hard to fix. Right? Why don't they just <laughs> fix it? They fixed it for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe by the time this episode publishes, they'll have fixed it. Computer Gaming World called Kid Nicky yet another in the seemingly endless parade of horizontally scrolling, running, jumping, shooting games for the <laughs> NES. While the reviewer stated that those who enjoyed such games would like the game, he wondered how many of these interchangeable games Nintendo will authorize. Even devotees must be getting tired. He wrote that was written in Computer Gaming World. When this game came out, like that was an original review. He was if, in for a, a treat. Right. Yeah. If he's feeling tired already, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Because I'm not necessarily like I'm thinking about it. We haven't had that many horizontally scrolling, running, jumping, shooting games. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the genre. That's the genre according to him. But I'm like, I'm much more tired of the shmups at this point. Oh yeah. Me too. I can't. Uh, th- there aren't. There won't be one soon, right? No, <laughs> there's one next week. Oh okay. <laughs> Do I have news for you, boy? <laughs> uh, Joe, I think you had one more straight thought for us. I, I do. And this is another thing I should have put in the Tales from the Manual section, but I, I legitimately didn't notice this until just now. Uh, underneath all your bonus items section, there's a section called Secret Techniques. And I'm just going to read you the two secret techniques in this game. Quick jumping techniques. There are many hidden dangers where you need to jump quickly. For example, when Kid Nicky is on the rock... He must jump right away to avoid danger while the rock is moving up and down. That's a secret technique. Jump off the rock quickly. Well, I mean, it's information. Here's another secret technique. Stabbing technique. <laughs> when, when fighting a big boss, you may lose your sword. Be quick to pick it up again. That's the stabbing technique. What does this mean? Those are almost like parts of a walkthrough that just somehow made it into the <laughs> yeah. manual. Like, they feel so... Like, also, right. the rocks... It, like, that's what just stage? advice, like, first of all. That you have to do that stuff. Those are not secret techniques. Yeah. And that, there's no stabbing in, in that technique. Yeah. I'm just saying, thank God that this manual has been archived and, and is still around because it's, it's, filled with, it's filled with lovely things. It's a gift that keeps on giving because yeah. Joe continues to go back to it. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. Things. I like, looked at it's the manual at the beginning pillow. of this episode and I've just been like... I've just 
just been obsessed with the manual for the whole episode, like finding all these new things. Sean, I don't think we heard you, but did you say it's under Joe's pillow? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I heard you but didn't like register until no, they until probably you still didn't hear me because you guys laughed during the pillow. So like, collectively. It's time to go into sequels and spin-offs. No, you I, know, thought it was, I thought it was almost over. <laughs> you know Kid Nikki has sequels and spin-offs. In Japan, two sequels appeared on the Famicom. The first was, and they go under their Japanese name, which I'm just going to butcher here, but it's like Kaiketsu Yanamucharo 2 Kaikori Land. Uh, <laughs> and that's just basically Kid Nikki 2 Karakuri Land. Okay, and Perfect. It came out in 1991. We won't get it. It's a Japan-only game. And the second, in 1993, so very late into the NES's lifespan, we just get Kid Nikki 3. Uh, but uh-huh. obviously with the original Japanese name that I'm not going to try to butcher anymore. Kid Nick 3. Yeah. Each of the three uh, NES games have uh, radically different uh, character designs. You'll notice the radically there. Uh, <laughs> very <laughs> cool. Radical. Thank you. I think that's funny. And there was also a Game Boy sequel. Wow. Called Ganzo Yamo, ya, Yanchamoru. Yamcha? Yanchamoru. And that's 1991 as well, but it's actually uh, like a standalone game. It's not a port of any of the Kid Nikki games. So if you're into the Kid Nikki franchise, especially the second and third Japanese exclusive <laughs> ones, and you haven't checked out the Game Boy game, you might want to check it out. Essential. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of essentials, Sean, I think we should go into our essential games list. So we've talked at length here about Kid Nikki. I don't need detailed reasoning, but if you have it, I'll take it. But let's hear your guys' votes. Sean, you first. I, uh, I'm i just going to reiterate my, my first impression where I, I really like some of the charm that it exudes. The sense of humor is cool, especially in parts that most people, people will never play. Uh, but precisely because of that reason and because the actual action is kind of blasé to me, uh, save for the boss battles, uh, it's not essential. Cool. Joe? Like I said, this is not as, like, painful as uh, Karate Kid was. So, you know, it was, it was pl- it's a playable game. I can say that about it. And the bosses are interesting, but nothing, nothing there is, like, a must. And, in fact, a lot of it is, like, frustrating enough to definitely keep it off the essential games list all right and i'll just add that i do not think that this game is essential but i also don't know if i'd say play it we talked about this game at length and we all three of us beat it i'm not necessarily certain that that means that you have to play it if if you've liked what we've been talking about and you're interested in like some cool bosses and early nes games i think like (laughs) that's a very niche thing that you're into but go ahead play this game uh otherwise there isn't there isn't enough variety in what's going on here in music, in gameplay, in level design. Music's it, fine but repetitive. Yes, yeah. The music the music track that's, that's in there music is pretty section. cool, yeah. but like it just repeats itself <laughs> yeah. for like three stages and then changes and repeats itself for three stages. Yeah. And then if you pause it it replaces it starts from the beginning again. Yeah, and that's crazy. So there's just like little things like that irk me about this game, but it's also just not a very challenging game and then all of a sudden steps it up to in my opinion, like WTF level at the end, but you can still beat it. So I guess it's not like, like I said, it's not Ghosts and Goblins hard, but the, the art's mediocre. 
There's some cool Buddha statues. You've heard all this before. I think you know where you stand now, whether you want to play this game or not. But I go on to NostalgiaCast.com, and I put in whether I think games are essential, play it, or skip it. And I'm kind of saying that this one's probably a skip it on that list. So thank you for listening to about 50 minutes of us talking about it. Yeah. Definitely pick up the manual, though. Yeah, pick up yeah. the manual at your Barnes & Noble <laughs> or Borders gift store. But I think, I think if you've listened to our episode, you, you've known enough now, and you probably don't have to play it. But at the same time, if you've listened this much, you might as well just play yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you got to figure out whether Joe or Mike was right about such and such, or if right. we're misremembering the entire game. Right. Was there a bat? Right. We don't know. We don't know. No, there was a bat. I guarantee it. I guarantee you there was a bat. We are not that bad, people. One last thing I'll say is that if you uh, use a turbo controller button, like if you have that on your controller, it doesn't work here. Uh, the turbo <laughs> button works so fast that your sword doesn't register with opponents. Uh-huh. So you won't be able to kill any enemies with your turbo thing. It's a short game. Yeah, it's still a chore to work through. There's Attaboy and Radical Dude, so that's worth something. You to can some reach people. us at contact. At, no, you can reach us at nostalgicast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Or use the contact form at www.nostalgicast.com. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>